Welcome, bienvenidos, to Life is Inquiry, a podcast to carry the legacy of my mystical scholarly teacher, Jim Dixon. Each week, you'll hear thought-provoking reflections of Jim's discernments and writings that have the magical effect of taking us from anxiety to equanimity with an honest inquiry of life. I am your host, Cristina Trujillo, honoring Jim's last incarnate wish to produce this podcast to share the wealth of knowledge and wisdom he left behind. For this second episode of Life is Inquiry, I have the honor to share Jim's essay entitled Choice and Experience. Now, let me tell you, this is no ordinary essay. This is an 83-page essay. It's an essay that should have been published while Jim was still here, while he was still around. It is an incredible essay that has the power of taking our minds and our and our just our spirit into into a journey. And so because it's 83 pages long, I have decided to share this essay in increments and bits and pieces, trusting that the paragraphs that we share for each episode are going to be the amount, just that right amount <laughs> that uh, can have you um, contemplating, reflecting, and coming back for more. It is truly a pleasure to share th- this first uh, essay with you. My friend Megan White, a lifelong friend of mine, she is going to lend her voice to this, the beginning of this essay. Um, and without further further ado, here is Choice and Experience, read by Megan White. Choice and Experience. We are as we act. That would seem a truism until we see that action is more than a result. We suppose much of the time that action is a result of our planning, our decisions, our considered judgment. We see ourselves as the upon examination cause of our own action. Although, of course, there are always causes of our being the cause, and we discover ourselves as cause, or intermediarily causative retrospectively. After the fact, we see ourselves as being leveraged by circumstances, or our own emotional reactivity, or our beliefs, or the intensity of desire or societal pressure. Or we insist that we are driven or inspired by honor, family ties, patriotism, or some other social or religious ideal. If matters turn out well according to our own or others' judgment, we are offered praise, congratulated on our powers of discrimination or pertinacity, stalwartness in carrying out the right choices. If events end badly, our motives, judgment, character, capacities are criticized or disparaged. Other scenarios we might have adopted are brought forward and we are reminded that we chose badly or failed to summon the willpower to make things go better. A harsh encounter for the listener. A reinforcing one for the commentator. 
or who is apt to be emphatic, if not smug or abrasive? Does not the very act of making judgments, choices, give us a sense of knowingness and power? In watching a film or a play, we know that every gesture, intonation, inflection, emphasis, shading, intensity, silence, and every element of created environment, lighting, scenery, sound, combine to tell us what is taking place. And even the immensely oversimplified, pre-selected rendition of events, psychologies, situations, interpretations, cannot constitute the whole of the action and drama. What the skillful playwright must elicit from each of his viewers is that component of action that not even the most persuasive actor, the most incisive dialogue can communicate. The playwright must evoke in us a consciousness of our own motives, the conflict between our desires, expectations, momentums, our confused alignments with them and bring them into at least as much of the light of awareness as will allow us to identify these motivations. Recognize them in the speeches and interactions of the characters on stage. Plato's image and metaphor of the charioteer reining in, directing the impulses of his team of horses each horse possessed of his own inclinations, ambitions, thrust towards self-completion, epitomizes the tremendous confusion in which we always seem to exist in our struggle for self-identity. Even in the initiative of the lead horse, carrying the others along by native force, seem perfunctorily the seemingly easier way, sometimes with protest and panic, invoking the whip of the charioteer. Greater force seeking to overwhelm the lesser or the less determined. The momentum towards the acting out of our own disparate impulses would seem to proceed in just this way. Some complement of self taking the lead and rushing ahead with no thought or notice of the dynamic the means by which the end as image or pleasure is reached. That impulse prevails. We course along, overriding all internal dissonance until another impulse or need becomes our focus in consciousness. We become so identified with this goal that our fixation on it becomes indistinguishable from our sense of who we are. The less dominant voices, pushed aside by the primary objective exists only as friction. How accustomed we have come to this friction, tension of internal resistance, giving rise to the question, why have we become so dependent on this pattern of object slash pursuit rather than exploration arising out of interest? Interest moves freely, without resistance, and with no energy wasted in overriding it. The pattern of pursuit denies life as it takes place, substituting the pleasure of achievement, when and if it happens, for the joy of participation. Because the patterns 
and ingrained habits of object slash pursuit demand a static, relatively fixed target. It also requires maintaining a generally fixed image of self in the role of pursuer. Again, the wants and needs of both our biological organism and our other competing self-images become distractions, unwelcome temptations, suspicious, even lesser or evil influences to the normal mind. Interest involves no pursuit, no pursuer, no object, and no projected futurity or self in futurity. Interest is inquiry without the arrangement in time as end and means. Interest exists in freedom from the linearity of, of goal-seeking. Interest sideswipes preconceived motive. So that was once again the lovely Megan White lending her voice to choice and experience. Only two paragraphs of, the, of this incredible 83-page essay. I love how it begins with, we are as we act. And then Jim goes into, you know, the metaphor of, you know, watching a film or a play. And he talks about the, the skillful playwright. I find it com- incredibly powerful and captivating. Um, but of course, I have a bias. Jim was my mentor. <laughs> and my energy healer and so I take a great pleasure in his work the question is what are your thoughts how do you show up in the world what are your uh, what are your choices are you the playwright Um, who are you you know in this in this play perhaps and that we call life And that's only my interpretation. I'd love to hear from you, our listeners. I'd love to know what moved each and every one of you when you dived into this, into this, uh, these two first paragraphs of choice and experience. Well, I hope to hear from you through any types of, um, social media platforms you can always direct message us we are on instagram um on life is inquiry you can find us on instagram there you could dm us uh you can you know follow and send us messages on the podcast platforms i'd absolutely love to hear from you if you would like to be a guest reader on our show Please let me know and please connect with me. Well, with so much going on in our world today, I just hope that this is a place of refuge, uh, some place that you can just find a little bit of calm, tranquility, and just something different, something sweet, perhaps even tender. <laughs> um, and yeah, those are just some, some thoughts of mine for you. Well, we hope to have you back again. May you all have a wonderful, wonderful week ahead. This episode is brought to you by Re Media Productions. Original music and audio mastering by Ryan Erisman. Voice contributor, Megan White. Thank you for tuning in. 
make sure to subscribe.